Broadcasting from Charlotte, North Carolina on Sports Byline USA. Uniting sports fans everywhere, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Sometimes I wonder in my darkest moments, why am I going, why? So God had to remind me, Tommy, that's what light is made for. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Everything in my life should be a spotlight and a reflection and a pointing back to the goodness of Jesus. Bringing you high energy and thought-provoking sports talk with a purpose. Everything that has transpired since Leah was diagnosed with cancer has really been inspired by God. Now, from his mic to your ears, this is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to Unpacking It, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing great today. We've got a really fun show in store as we will be joined by former MLB pitcher Barry Zito. He was a Cy Young Award winner, two-time World Series champion, and he's got a very interesting book out called Curveball, How I Discovered True Fulfillment After Chasing Fortune and Fame. And so we're going to hear all about his story and his faith and where he's at now in his life and what he's learned and, and how he can really be an encouragement to all of us today. So uh, excited for, for that interview and also on today's show. I'm going to give some thoughts on the Carolina Panthers situation at quarterback. Cam Newton, Kyle Allen, what are they going to decide to do? And how does that relate to our own life? And then coming up next segment, we'll do I'm Convinced and the NBA starts this week, and so I've got to give some thoughts on the upcoming season, especially with LeBron and the Lakers and Anthony Davis and what they're going to do this year. And, and so uh, I'll let you know what I'm convinced of in regards to the Lakers. And then also, I'll let you know who I'm convinced is the MVP in the NFL. And so I'll let you know that and also have some thoughts on instant replay. And I'm actually convinced the NFL should get rid of it. So I'll let you know why. Coming up next, it's Unpacking It, unpackingit.com. You can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. Thanks for being with us. We're just getting started. We'll be back with I'm Convinced on Unpacking It. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. This is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. We're unpacking sports, faith, and life. Coming up, Barry Zito will be our guest. But right now, it's time for our segment, I'm Convinced, where I let you know what I'm convinced of. And we'll start in the NFL because I'm convinced Russell Wilson's greatness is overlooked. And I'm finally realizing just how talented he truly is. Now, He's got a kind of a unique, different personality. You know, he burst onto the scene as a rookie with the Seahawks. And for many years, it was all about the defense. And we knew he was playing well, and we knew he was a reliable quarterback. But I think this year, and it's kind of been building the last couple of years, we just 
are starting to truly understand the impact that he makes on the Seahawks and how important he is to their success. And so I, I finally have gotten to this point, and, and honestly, part of it is because he's on my fantasy team this year. And so I'm noticing him more because I think I've, I've just overlooked him in years past, and I think finally you know, the mainstream media is noticing him as well to just kind of a, another level. Now, again, we, we know he's, he's been one of the better quarterbacks in the league and, and he's been a pro bowler and all that sort of thing. But really, this year, he's the MVP. And, and I think we're, we're recognizing this, and we probably should have noticed this in, in years past, but we were giving so much credit to guys like Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch and you know, all the great defenders that Seattle has had over the years. But think about this. They've had so many different offensive coordinators and, and defensive coordinators come and go over the years. Now, Pete Carroll's an awesome head coach, and, and he's a, a huge reason for their success. But since Russell Wilson has been the starter, He's won nine or more games every year since his rookie season. And the best part, he started every game since entering the NFL. And this season, 14 touchdowns, no interceptions. Now, the Seahawks are 5-1, and one, and he's also he's rushed for another four touchdowns. And so he's carrying the team. He's making players better. He's, he's so consistent. He's so tough. He's so poised. And another great aspect about him, he knows how to run. He, not only does he know when to run, he knows how to run, how to go down, how to slide. And again, the fact that he's never missed a game, it shows that he can take hits, so he is tough, but he knows how to avoid hits, especially when running. Like He'll, he'll run, he just won't even get touched. He'll know when to go out of bounds and avoid the defenders and you know, slide in the, in the right area. Because there are some guys that slide into defenders, and they still get hit. But Russell Wilson understands what to do. And what's interesting, too, is you know sometimes there are rookie quarterbacks that come in, and because he was a later-round pick, that team was already pretty good. So it wasn't like it was a bad team that spent a first-round pick on a quarterback. They, well, they spent a ton of money on Matt Flynn, and then Russell Wilson beat him out in training camp. But he, he went in as a rookie, burst onto the scene, played really well, they didn't necessarily you know, rely on him to light it up necessarily. But over the years, we've seen rookie quarterbacks come in early, make an impact, and maybe they were on you know, veteran teams and, and they could really shine. Um, but a lot of times, the star quarterback early on in, in their career doesn't always pan out. Like Think about Vince Young. Think about RG3. Sam Bradford, I'm not sure if he ever got to that level necessarily, but all three of those guys won the rookie of the year. And, and then their careers just never really you know, panned out the way that we would have thought after their, their rookie season. And so with Russell Wilson, you can just see over his career, he continues to get better, his teams continue to win, and who are his weapons right now? I mean, Lockett's a nice player, and you know, Chris Carson's a, a very good running back, but I don't think anyone would say that he's a top-five running back or anything like that. And so... Russell Wilson is the reason for their success this season, and that's why uh, I'm convinced he's he's the MVP. And 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 again, I just think his greatness has been overlooked, and and he deserves a little bit of love. So uh, last week on the show, I, I talked about Frank Gore being underrated, and I talked about the Colts being underrated. This week, it's it's Russell Wilson, and and so we'll, we'll see how the Seahawks do the rest of the way. They, they've got to, you know the 49ers are the the team to beat right now in the NFC West, 
uh, just because they're undefeated. But but Seattle's right there with them, and then we'll see if the Rams can bounce back, uh, what they can do. And, of course, the Cardinals are a young, rebuilding team. So that's what I'm convinced of with Russell Wilson. The, the number two topic this week, I'm convinced the NFL should just get rid of instant replay. It, it's just not working. We, we've tried it. We, we know that to- technology is great, and we try to utilize it in, you know, in everyday life. And I'm not anti-technology, but this year we've just seen instant replay not work because, for one, it's inconsistent. The refs don't know what to call when they go and, and review a play. The fans have no idea what's going on. The, the coaches don't know what they can challenge and what they can't challenge and what's actually reviewable. And it's just it, it's such a mess. And so then you might say, well, just clean up the, the pass interference and, and that kind of thing. But when you really think about it, and, and Mark Schlereth this week on FS1 brought it up, and, and I just think he's right on, and I'm, I'm just going to ride with him on this just to get rid of it. We know that refs will miss calls, but we need to, like the NFL needs to empower refs to make calls, to not rely on instant replay, to not be so hesitant. And just over a course of a game, both teams will miss out. Like there'll be missed calls. There will be holding that, that is missed. There'll be holding that's called that shouldn't have been called. There'll be pass interference missed, all that sort of thing. But as a fan, I think we just need to accept, all right, we're going to get some calls, we're going to miss some calls. And sure, there will be some egregious plays that we can't believe the ref missed. And you think about the history of the NFL, that, that always happened for, for years until instant replay came around. And I'm not sure that instant replay has really helped much. Has it? I mean, we still complain every Monday and every Tuesday and every Friday morning about the calls that, that were missed on instant replay. We don't even talk about the calls that were missed. We talk about the calls that were missed during instant replay. So it's just ridiculous. I was talking to people earlier just about the the Lions game the other day and was it a touchdown or not a touchdown, and they reviewed it, and you still don't really know. So just let the refs call it. Let the refs figure it out, and we just have – as as fans, we're going to yell at the refs either way. So why not just speed up the game – Stop the lane for instant replay. Stop the confusion, and and it's it's just it's just not working out. And I don't know if you can really fix it because it almost comes down to where you have to review everything or nothing. Because this middle of the road, and and you lose a challenge, and you can even get a challenge right, but then you're that's it. You're tapped out if you're a coach after you've thrown your red flag a couple times. So it just doesn't really work. So. That's what I'm convinced of. We'd love to know your thoughts on this because it's an interesting topic. Uh, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Bryce at unpackingit.com. Uh, my final I'm convinced this week is in the NBA. And I know that LeBron James has been in the news for a lot of different reasons. But from a basketball standpoint, I am convinced the Los Angeles Lakers are the team to beat this year. And honestly, I'm surprised that so many people are picking the Clippers. That, that so many people are on that bandwagon because when I look at the purple and gold and I see Anthony Davis being able to play a complimentary role to LeBron James and he feels like AD loves that, he feels comfortable with that, that, that to me it, it tells you just how you know, deep this team is. Guys understand their role. 
this is different from last year's Lakers team because it was kind of the, you know, Luke Walton was still there. There were still all those young guys like Lonzo Ball, and then LeBron comes in, and he's got the big personality, tries to take over, and it just didn't really work. There just wasn't the chemistry. Not everybody was on the same page. I believe this team will get on the same page very quickly. It's truly LeBron's team. Frank Vogel will be interesting as the, as the head coach, but I think the relationship between LeBron and AD and AD respecting LeBron, it's still LeBron's team, but Anthony Davis is going to be able to really shine and not have to carry all of the pressure that he did when he was the guy in New Orleans. He just isn't necessarily that kind of player. He, he, he isn't. So he'll do a little bit of everything, and the, the Lakers are going to be impressive. They've got the right pieces. They went out and signed the right free agents. Even guys like Quinn Cook, Jared Dudley, Keeping Rondo, Dwight Howard. I actually like the, the role players. You might laugh at Dwight Howard, but I think at this stage of his career, he, he's got to move past the ego, and, and you just buy into what the Lakers are capable of doing, and, and I think they're the team to beat in the NBA. So that's what I'm convinced of. I'm Bryce Johnson. We'll come back. Barry Zito is our guest right here on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. This is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. We're unpacking sports, faith, and life. You can check out our website, unpackingit.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our weekday email devotional. We call it Unpack This, where we take a current sports story related to the Bible and our own lives, and we deliver it right to your email inbox, and it's designed to encourage and challenge you each day. So check that out, unpackingit.com. And joining us now is Barry Zito a Cy Young Award winner and two-time World Series champion who pitched primarily for the Oakland A's and San Francisco Giants throughout his Major League Baseball career. After retiring from baseball, Barry settled in Nashville with his wife Amber and their two sons. Zito is a musician and a songwriter and also has a new book out called Curveball, How I Discovered True Fulfillment After Chasing Fortune and Fame. It's a story of overcoming ego, finding purpose, and achieving true success. Barry, thanks for joining us on Unpacking It. How are you? Man, I'm great, Bryce. How are you, man? I'm doing awesome and really glad to have you on the show today. And, and I want to jump right in. And when I think about your, your new book and then you've got an album called No Secrets, you, you're very open and, and honest. And so why is transparency important to you and, and why do you want people to know your story? Well, I mean, to be honest, you know, I, I kind of was raised – you know, in some ways to make sure that people didn't know the dark stuff and, and to uh, hide it and kind of sweep it under the rug. And I think there's a lot of shame that can come with that. And, and uh, you know, eventually it takes you out, man. So I think accepting our story uh, is a very powerful thing. And so that's what I'm doing here. Absolutely. So let, let's go back to kind of baseball. And, and, and just in listening to you in other interviews, you talk about how baseball was your foundation. So how important was, was baseball to you, and, and what was the problem with it becoming your everything and your identity? Yeah, well, growing up, you know, I played baseball like most, like most kids, but um, I just never had a foundation, meaning, you know, something that was more important than baseball. And, and, of course, family was more important than all that. But 
really what I received from, you know, being in the backyard with my father, working hard every day to get to the, you know, major leagues. I just, I felt like it was the only thing that mattered. Uh, and, and ultimately, you know, wins and losses were defining me even in high school. And um, that was something that ended up giving me a ton of problems later in life. And and so you, you make it to, you know, really the, the, the height of your position and, and in baseball. And, and so at that, that height, what were you experiencing? You know, at the height of success, I mean, when, when things were great, um, I was kind of buying into the lie that I was really a, this important guy and that people, you know, really – cared about me and thought about me every night before they went to sleep. And, you know, of course I thought I was the first things on people's minds when they woke up and, um, and you know, that's an easy thing to do again, when there's nothing that's more important. And, uh, I, I didn't have a lot of perspective on the game at that time in my life. What about from the, the, the role that fans played in your life? Like what kind of impacted their perspectives and their views? How did that affect you? Yeah, well, it's funny because growing up, you know, my father and I were working in the backyard all the time. And even though he didn't mean for me to interpret it this way, I ended up interpreting, you know, that his love and approval was only based on my performance in the game. Mm. And so what happened is when I got to the big leagues, I started to perform again for approval of those around me. Uh, And it wasn't my father, of course, but it was the fans and, and the people in the Bay Area. And so if, if people were thinking well of me, then I felt like I was doing okay. And, you know, if they weren't, then I felt like I had to try to do whatever I could to change people's minds. Barry Zito, our guest right now on Unpacking It, Cy Young Award winner and an author of the book Curveball, How I Discovered True Fulfillment After Chasing Fortune and Fame. And, and so, all right, so you've got the, the, the fans, you're, you, you sign a huge contract, you're, you're playing with the, the, the Giants and at what point did things kind of shift from enjoying the the fortune and fame to now realizing that that wasn't fulfilling? Yeah, I mean, I think I think like I said, I didn't have a lot of perspective um, on the game itself. You know, it, it wasn't kind of the old accolade. You know, do your best and you know, be process oriented, let results go. I mean, ultimately, that's the great way to live life, but. For me, baseball was something I took very seriously, too seriously. And so when I went to San Francisco, you know, and signed this biggest contract ever for a pitcher at the time, you know, I was like, it went from being very serious to like as serious as it could possibly get. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I started pitching to, to validate the, the contract, to justify, you know, that I was worth it. And, and more than anything, I just wanted people to think well about me, um, like I had all those years. And, you know, now I was on a much bigger stage. And, and of course, when you're putting that much pressure on yourself, you really aren't relaxed on the mound. And, and I certainly wasn't. And uh, and just dreading really every five days because it, it felt like going to the mound was kind of a, a death sentence every five days. And it's just crazy how, you know, fear can do that to you. Gosh, Barry Zito, our guest right now on Unpacking It. Take me into the time where you recognized that, okay, you're you're injured, you're empty, you're you're facing the uncertainty of your your career this seemed to be a a very defining moment so so describe what what that was like for you uh for our listeners yeah so i you know i I had four pretty bad years with the giants after signing this contract and it was a seven-year deal and after the fourth season i ended up getting left off the playoff roster you know while the team went on and, and played in the playoffs and eventually won the world series and you know, I was not hurt at that point. I, I'd actually never missed a game 
from an injury up to that point. So I just really, I was kind of like on the mental disabled list. You know, I, mm. again, I was pitching with fear. I didn't want to be out there. I was scared to lose all day long. And, you know, and I watched my team win this world series. And so, you know, I went home to LA after that, just a broken man. And, and I really questioned, you know, my worldview or, or the lack thereof. And uh, I actually checked myself into a 12-step program for um, for codependency. And, you know, again, just being obsessed with other people, trying to change what they thought about me. That's what that coda is. And step two was, you know, willing to admit there's a power greater than me that can restore me my sanity. And, uh, you know, I was never willing to humble myself. I had never really been humbled to that point mm-hmm. in my life. And, uh, and finally, I was on my knees and, and ready to admit that I was not the God of my own life. Wow. And so it's a a difficult place to be, but what a wonderful place to be. And so let, let's, let's turn the, the corner as far as the, the story gets, gets great. And, and so you, you begin this, this search and, and ultimately, you know, you're, you're searching for God. So, so what was at this moment, you know, what was your understanding of, of who God was? So you say, okay, there's a higher power. What did you realize at that point? And then ultimately, how did you recognize who the God of the Bible is? Yeah, well, you know, in my life, my childhood, my family never had, you know, um, kind of a a true God, uh, you know, as far as a a divine presence that had a plan for their lives. And so uh, it was more, you know, uh, it was a very new age principle, which is, you know, we kind of decide what's going to happen in our own lives for ourselves. And, And, you know, so I was kind of taught to be my own God in a lot of ways. And so when I was really at rock bottom, you know, after this World Series, I needed a God that was greater than my own mind, greater than my own willpower, greater than my own, you know, self-control or lack thereof. And uh, so my wife, actually, who I was dating at the time, you know, she she saw me surrounded with these self-help books. And she said, I need you to lock these books up and you just need to read one book. And she handed me a Bible. And I'd never really cracked the Bible before that. I mean, oh. maybe a couple of times, but I didn't really know what was going on in there. And that was really the seed that led to me coming to Christ about, you know, six months later, um, you know, with the Giants team chaplain. Wow. So, okay. So then, yeah, take us into that conversation with, with the chaplain. And we're talking with Barry Zito here on Unpacking It. So, you know, the idea that, that I was not going to earn it, you know, and, and I was a hard worker, right? I have a great work ethic. So I, I was like, you know, if there's something out there, I will figure it out. I will get there. You know, I'm a kind of a cerebral guy you know, through the years, I tried all these spiritual practices and religions, and, and I just always came up empty. And then I heard the gospel that I was loved, you know, regardless of what I do, that I actually can't earn it. And I was like, whoa, that's flipping the script. Wow. <laughs> you know, you know, every other theology, uh, at least the major ones, you know, are that we need to get to God through works. And Christianity is the only one where <laughs> not only do we not need to, we can't, and that God actually is trying to get to us, and we just have to let him in. And, and that, for me, was a transformational difference. Oh, my goodness. It's powerful. Barry Zito here on Unpacking It. And so I want to hear how, how Jesus has, has changed your life you know, since then. Uh, but, but first up, how did Jesus end up changing your perspective on baseball? So, so how did your career change at that point and how you viewed it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, I mean— it was an overnight change, but it also wasn't, you know, I, I now had the Holy Spirit. I had this helper, you know, the great comforter, as they call it in the Bible. And, you know, that, that I could turn to for guidance and for perspective when I didn't have my own in my mind. And, 
Um, and so baseball did change. It, it, it was able to become a game again, something that I was grateful to play, something that I was not entitled to succeed at. And, you know, that led to me just really pitching for God, you know, the rest of my career. And, you know, I had some downs, had some ups and, you know, but I was able to, to have a major um, highlight in helping the Giants win in 2012, you know, helping them win the World Series and, and actually being on the field for that World Series and having some great games and ultimately not pitching for redemption or for approval, um, but really just trying to honor God with the gifts he gave me. And, and that led to, you know, me basically being able to show my face in San Francisco again and, and get invited and get, getting invited back to to the stadium with other great Giants players. I mean, it's truly a miracle that, you know, that was able to happen after all the years of that contract. He's Barry Zito. I'm Bryce Johnson. We're going to take a quick break, but we have only scratched the surface with the Cy Young winner, two-time World Series champion, and author of the new book called Curveball, How I Discovered True Fulfillment After Chasing Fortune and Fame. We'll continue the conversation right after this on Unpacking It and UnpackingIt.com. Hey, hey, it's Bryce Johnson, and I love fantasy football. It's just so much fun to compete against your friends, to get bragging rights when you actually win. But as you know, it can also be frustrating, challenging, upsetting when the players you expect to do great things fall flat and you lose to your buddy and then you never hear the end of it. But either way, fantasy football is fantastic. And so here at Unpacking It, we created Fantasy Football Fellowship and we've got the playbook available for you today. Just go to fantasyfootballfellowship.com. Basically, we take fantasy concepts, relate them to the Bible, relate them to our own lives, and we just want to enhance your fantasy football experience throughout the season. So it will add meaning and purpose to your fantasy football season. Go to fantasyfootballfellowship.com. That's fantasyfootballfellowship.com and order your playbook today. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Welcome back to Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. We're in the middle of a conversation with Barry Zito, former MLB pitcher, Cy Young Award winner, and two-time World Series champion. And he's got a new book out called Curveball. And we're going to talk even more about his story in just a moment. Uh, But want to encourage you to check out our website, unpackingit.com. And while you're there, subscribe to Unpack This, our weekday email devotional, uh, you can also subscribe to our podcast and, and never miss an episode. Uh, you can subscribe in an Apple podcast or anywhere podcasts are found, uh, or you can always listen on our website as well and all the details on unpackingit.com. And so we continue right now with Barry Zito. You, you win the World Series and, and you know, we hear about, oh man, teams and players that, that accomplish the, the, the highest goal in, in their sport. And, and so your understanding of fulfillment so here you, you you meet jesus you begin following jesus you're playing baseball with, with more freedom you're playing for him and you end up winning the world series so how did that i guess 
How, how did all that come together as far as your understanding of fulfillment and knowing that, okay, the World Series isn't the ultimate, but I'm able to enjoy it with, with this new perspective? Yeah, I really got to enjoy it for what it was, which was just a true blessing, something that I actually didn't deserve, you know, Mm -hmm. and and whereas before, Jesus, I would have looked at, wow, the World Series means I'm immortalized and, you know, life will never be bad again. I mean, I'm a World (laughs) Series champ and and putting all my value in worldly things, right, which we're certainly told not to. But, you know, and then I just really was, I was so grateful, you know, and I never felt gratitude before in my life, you know, before Jesus. I, I was always entitled. And so... I got to go, man, I don't know what's going to happen next year, but this is incredibly fun. And, you know, my next year actually wasn't good. I mean, I I pitched poorly. I got sent to the bullpen and that was my last year of the Giants. But I came home after, even after the bad games with contentment, because I'm like, I did everything I could today. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out. And I'm totally okay with that. And, And that was nothing I could ever say, you know, earlier in my career. Barry Cito, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And, and so to, to even go beyond baseball, you, you mentioned the word contentment in, in your, your new book uh, is called Curveball, How I Discovered True Fulfillment After Chasing Fortune and Fame. So the, the word fulfillment, the, the word contentment, what does that really mean to you? And, and, and even the word satisfaction, how does that play out even today in, in your life? When I think about fulfillment now, I think of something that's lasting. I think that some, of something that's sustainable. Um, you know, it's like you can get, you know, the next coolest car, the next coolest pair of shoes, whatever. And you're going to get that little spike, you know, whether it's a week or a month or a year, but eventually you'll be back to baseline. And so for me, the fulfillment is, is Jesus. It's something that's not of this world. It's something that I don't have to earn and don't have to work for. And, you know, greater than that, it's something that transforms me into a better person, you know, more and more over the years. Barry Zito, the new book is called Curveball. And, and you also talk about finding purpose. So, so what does that mean to you? And, and, and what do you feel like your purpose is at, at this point in your life? Well, I think for me, you know, it's, it's about not trusting my own mind. It's not trusting my own intellect. Mm. It's, it's, just, it's giving, you know, giving credence to the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit guide me. And, and you know, it's kind of a team effort now, you know, and yeah. I always have this teammate where I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, but I don't know if it's a good decision. Let me, let me sit here and kind of just be still and, and listen, you know? And so, like, I'm doing music in Nashville. It's so fun, and I want to do great things in music, but who knows? Maybe none of it will ever happen. And so, you know, and, and I have to be happy just having a great time and being enjoyed doing that. And if, you know, the Holy Spirit calls me to something new, then I'm going to have to walk away from the guitar and, and do whatever that is, you know? So yeah, so you mentioned though the, the the music career and you're all in and you're you're living in Nashville and yeah you have an album out and and you've got a great voice I enjoy listening and and so I'm curious what what was your relationship to music growing up while playing and then ultimately to to how it led you to to where you're at in your your career right now. Yeah, my family actually was very musical. My father was a conductor for Nat King Cole uh, in the 50s and 60s, and my mother was a singer, and that's where they met. And so um, music was kind of my first love in a lot of ways. But the funny thing is my father actually didn't want me going into music because he told me I would never make a living. (laughs) So uh, he told me to master master three pitches, (laughs) you know, master three pitches, and they'll find you even if you're, you know, in a cornfield in the middle of Iowa versus, you know, having to get the right machinery and a record label and all that. So that was was good advice. Gosh, so you you end up pursuing baseball first, but then you find yourself back into music, your, your, your 
first love, but you you kept up with it even while you were playing, right? I did. Yeah, I started playing guitar when I was 21. Right when I signed with the A's, um, I was a uh, I went in the draft at USC that year, and so I was never a golf guy or a video game guy, you know. So I always just knew I needed something to keep me sane on the road, and you know, so I started writing songs and doing all that, and you know, now I'm having a blast getting into music production, and you know, just just loving being kind of a in my lab every day in my studio just learning and making music man <laughs> what what are the similarities between the the mindset for for pitching and music is there any uh, what what can you take from your baseball career that that i guess you add to now your your music career you know i, I think the biggest takeaway is to have a looser grip on my goals and dreams mm. and i know i don't want that to sound like i'm not having goals and dreams but i do have them but at, at any moment, something traumatic can happen, right? And and maybe that's not going to happen for me. It's it's not going to stop how hard I'm working or how dedicated I am, but it is going to stop me obsessing that it needs to be this in order for me to enjoy it. Uh, whereas I can, you know, come sit at the keyboard and, and enjoy a day, you know, tweaking knobs on a synthesizer, regardless <laughs> of if anyone ever hears it. Uh, that's cool. Barry Zito, our guest right now on Unpacking It, uh, Cy Young Award winner, two-time World Series champion, now he's a, a musician, and he's got a new book called Curveball, How I Discovered True Fulfillment After Chasing Fortune and Fame. And so when did you realize that you had the ability to write? So not only have you written a book, but you, you write songs and you, you co-write with other people and artists in, uh, in Nashville. So how did you recognize that, and, and how fun is it for you to write? Yeah, writing has been great. You know, I, I didn't I didn't write too many songs playing ball. I wrote a bunch of, you know, pieces of songs, but... After retiring in Nashville, you know, I started to co-write for two and a half years and, and you know, co-wrote some of those songs on that record and, and just really enjoyed the craft of songwriting, you know, because ultimately coming from a jazz background, you know, it was all about melody and harmony and, and rhythm. And uh, and so now I'm able to incorporate kind of both sides, you know, what what really comes naturally is the music, but also the writing and the idea is to kind of do both now and, and make the songs myself. And it's just it's a big goal. But, you know, I think it might happen one day. Yeah, absolutely. So so where do you find your your inspiration and, and how you know how much of your story is coming out in, in songs and, and how much of your your faith and, and wanting to you know get the message of the gospel out in, into your music? What's kind of your approach to that? Yeah, my approach is like, you know, I love kind of hinting at some things, you know, singing songs that don't punch you right in the face with maybe the content, but talking about it in a way that someone can interpret it for themselves. But also, you know, the story is still very plain and very true and, and strong. So for me, I mean, I, I certainly plan on writing, getting back into writing full time after I'm learning these production things and, and really telling my story, you know, completely with all the lessons I've learned about God and, and you know, through adversity and, and things that hopefully are relatable to other people. Oh, no question. And and so as you do share your story and, and as this book has, has come out and, and you've you know done interviews on, on different shows and, and all that sort of thing, what's it what's it been like as far as the, the people's response to the new Barry Zito, maybe who they thought you were as a player or, you know, any preconceived ideas that they had and, and really who you were before Christ, knowing that Barry Zito versus now and, and you not necessarily being caught up in what people think of you, but it's it's neat to hear the transformation. And, and so what has that been like from whether it's former teammates or, or media members or fans? What What's the experience been like? Yeah, I mean, I think that people, uh, you know, people have commended me on the honesty, I guess, of the book. And, you know, I made a painful 
admission that I, you know, rooted against my own team, you know, when they were winning the World Series and I was watching them, you know, and yeah. and, and I think I put it in a context that made sense. You know, when you take that statement in isolation, it can become inflammatory. But the reality is, I think a lot of us, you know, when we're led by the ego, you know, if we didn't make the position and someone else did, you know, we want to validate our ego by hoping that person fails. And so, you know, things like that, people have just said, man, that took a lot of courage to do that. And, you know, in reality, I feel the same way, Barry, you know, and, and you, you said it, you know, and that's pretty cool. And so I, I think there's a, a power and a strength and in, in vulnerability. Yeah. And, and just as, as we even relate to it ourselves, I mean, we all battle the, the ego. And so as you, you know, a professional baseball player and World Series winner and all that, you know, that's a, a, a different level. But ultimately, all of us wake up each day and it's either about me or it's about others and it's about Jesus. So what's your encouragement to, to people listening today? Just the concept of self and ego and, and what you've learned to, to just the, the daily understanding of humility and surrender. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, I mean, I, I, I think there's a difference when somebody doesn't have enough money to eat or they don't have enough money to, to afford clothes or to, you know, be able to get to work or to get around, you know, and certainly you can't sit there and tell those people, Hey man, it's, there's no fulfillment in that because I mean, that that's significantly changing your life. But I feel like once our basic needs are met, you know, and then we just crave more and more, I mean, we just have to ask ourselves, have we ever been truly satisfied with that next thing that we swore we needed? You know, and, and for me, I mean, I drove all the sports cars you can imagine and dated the girls in Hollywood that I thought, you know, and ultimately I was coming up empty every time. And so I realized the problem was I was looking, you know, horizontally yeah. uh, out in the world for this thing instead of instead of inside, you know, and, and, and Jesus really was that for me. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm right there with you. Barry Zito, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And, and kind of the, the final question what what about just uh, maybe recently or what's God doing in your life right now? You you, you wrote this book, Curveball, and, and talked about your story and, and kind of the, the transformation. But but what about recently, just kind of fresh things yeah. that, that are on your heart? On, on, that, on that side, you know, it's there's a group out here in Nashville called Search. And, you know, what Search does, they, they've, you know, they brought me in and just started talking to me. And I started getting educated about really what is Christianity, you know, and, and what I realized is that there, there's so many people that are curious about certain things, but they've just never been in an environment that was conducive to asking questions or to challenging things in the Bible, you know. And so what we do is we get into a big old group of guys and we sit around and, you know, we got Christians, Muslims, atheists, you know, Jewish people. We all just sit around and talk about so what's really happening, man? How do we address these problems with our, you know, with our lives, you know, like bad things happening to good people and, you know, what, what's all this stuff about? And so, you know, I'm able to now interact with people from all walks of life coming from backgrounds a lot similar to my spiritual background and, and really have the real conversations. That That's really cool. Those are powerful conversations. Cool. And, and yeah, Search is a great ministry we've got here in Charlotte as well. Well, Barry, man, I really appreciate your honesty and transparency and just the encouragement uh, that you brought to the show today. And I encourage everybody to check out the, the book. It's called Curveball, How I Discovered True Fulfillment After Chasing Fortune and Fame, a story of overcoming ego, finding purpose, and achieving true success. You can also check out BarryZitoMusic.com. Barry, really appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for being on Unpacking It. Absolutely, Bryce. Have a good one, man. What a story. What a perspective. I hope that was inspiring to you today. 
And if you missed any part of the interview, be sure to check out unpackingit.com and, and listen to the podcast. Coming up next, we will do our segment, Unpack This, about the Carolina Panthers and their quarterback decision. They've got a tough choice to make. And how does that compare to our own lives? It's next on Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Thanks for being with us. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. This is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. It's time for our final segment of the day. We call it Unpack This, where I take a current sports story and relate it to the Bible and our own lives. So let's jump right in. Despite Cam Newton being out with an injury, the Carolina Panthers are on a four-game winning streak, and backup Kyle Allen has filled in extremely well. Allen is completing about 66% of his passes and has thrown seven touchdowns and zero interceptions. After the team started 0-2 with Newton, Allen has helped to turn the season around. As awesome as all this sounds, the Panthers now face some potentially big decisions if and when Newton gets healthy and many questions are being discussed by the front office, coaches, fans, and the media, including should Newton return as the starter or should they stick with the undefeated Allen? Is Newton still the Panthers quarterback for the future or will they move on from him at the end of the season? We know how important the quarterback position is and the decisions being debated right now will have major consequences for this season and the future of the Panthers. For many of us today, we have our own tough decisions that need to be made. We have questions swirling around that we're debating and contemplating. Hopefully, we view situations like this as an opportunity to totally trust God for direction, seek His will, and submit to the way He's leading us to go. We might not have all the information or know exactly what's going to happen next, but we can know that God will show us the way one step of faith at a time if we turn to Him and His Word. We can rest in knowing that as we follow Jesus, he prompts us to make wise decisions and remain on the right path. Even when choices are tough, he provides the peace we need to move forward with confidence. Today, let's remember the encouraging words found in Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So I hope you're willing to unpack that for yourselves and really appreciate you joining me today and hope you'll stay connected with us throughout the week on social media and on unpackingit.com. If you have any thoughts about today's show, you can email me Bryce at unpackingit.com. Until next time, I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful week. This has been Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA and Sirius XM, Channel 211, Dan Patrick Radio.